the Grey Hat Beard podcast. Hello and welcome to show 38 of Grey Hat Beard, the modern workplace podcast where we talk about all things Microsoft 365. My name's Kevin McDonnell. I'm the Grey of Grey Hat Beard. I'm a solutions architect at CPS and Office Apps and Services MVP. My name's Al Erdley. I'm the Hat of Grey Hat Beard and I'm a technical architect at the Microsoft Technology Centre. And my name's Gary Trinder. I'm the Beard of Grey Hat Beard. I'm a solutions architect at CPS, uh, Microsoft MVP and member of the PMP Patterns of Practice team. And we are recording this the day after the Euro 2020 finals, which were held in 2021, obviously. And that is all we're going to talk about the football. Congratulations, Italy. And that's that. So this is a football free zone for the rest of the show. And actually, we're going to take um, with, with, this is part one. We're going to talk about the latest news, but we're, we're going to kick off with a fairly serious topic, which isn't always something that we uh, do uh, or do that well. Um, but something uh, I actually got a uh, sort of tweet from a, a lady called Salma um, on there at White Panther. And uh, she's was basically getting fed up with the amount of times that people feel the need to to put on Twitter and shame the messages that uh, women on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn and many others get unsolicited messages from men um, that just aren't right. And she was asking for allies and asked people to blog. I will admit it was a little while because uh, my blog broke, so I had to update my blog. But the first one I wrote uh, when it went live was exactly that. So I wrote a blog post just highlighting the toxic male behaviour that goes on and the uh, messages that are sent. I know Louise Fries, our, our guest um, for the, the last show, uh, is regularly sharing some of the inappropriate messages he gets to people. And uh, I just wanted to join the chorus and say, actually, no, this behaviour is not right. As I say in my posts, it, to me, it's about empathy whether you think it's right or not just stop and think and imagine that someone was saying this to your wife to your mum to you uh, to your daughter what what would you think about them then and uh, I yeah I think it's disgusting and not right and I wouldn't want it against any of those and uh, wouldn't do it myself and I ask people to call out any others who are doing it we we've also uh, Sam has pulled together this post and pulled together people who've managed to put articles out there so it's unbreak.tech will be in the show notes. Uh, if you want to join that, just drop a write your blog post, drop a link to her. And I think it would be great to see other men getting together and saying that this behaviour is not wrong and calling it out. Oh, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I think we, we've all seen it. We've all seen people complaining about it. But it is, it is baffling to those of us with, with wives and daughters how, you know, men can still be thinking that it is in any way okay to send unsolicited messages that are just yeah just offensive it's, it's baffling yeah i could completely agree with with both of you yeah it's just absolutely uncalled for unnecessary it doesn't you know no one gains from any of this at all um and you know i think kev you've put it eloquently at the end of your blog post this is about you know not being a dickhead basically you know <laughs> um and, and i think you know it's right that um you know we all work here with different customers different organizations different cultures as well and come across lots of different you know uh people and and 
it's easy just to sit there and not say something but actually you know by calling that out and you know making sure that someone's doing something that they really shouldn't be um you know it is is another way of of helping um you know little things could make a big difference and i think once you start that path and that's always the difficult bit isn't it changing even the terminology that you use as well and um, you've got to learn those new habits as well but it's having that awareness right and the empathy of why you're making that change and the reasons behind that um so yeah i think yeah uh, great article i think I, I think it was something i put on my blog post that uh you know we're three white middle-aged men and uh, there are things that we've grown up with that maybe were thought of acceptable at times and really shouldn't have been then and certainly aren't now. And I, I, one of the things I said is I know if there's a good looking woman walks into a room. My natural inclination is to look over and it's it's not right. You don't need to be doing that and staring at people. Um, it's not the right thing to do. And I always challenge myself uh, on it. And I am very happy to be open and sort of say where I do things wrong and trying to improve it and make myself a aware of it as well and I, I think that's all that's not all we can do we can ask others to try and do the same as well we all we all have biases there's no getting away from yeah anything. absolutely uh, you could certainly work against them um and i think that's a, it's a great start i think thought it was a great article that you put in there yeah and, and i think one thing to, to mention as well is that obviously the article is is, is i guess you know aimed at people are in uh, tech industry and you know people are on twitter and all mm. that kind of stuff but there is a wider conversation here about just you know in general just usage of social media platforms um, as well i mean as a new parent with a young daughter that is the one thing that scares me the most it really does and and that's a complete change of oh yeah mucking around with devices when you know i i was a kid but it was a you know it was a closed box right it wasn't connected to this big thing called the internet where anyone can kind of you know contact you in in an instant um but yeah it's that kind of yeah that is a scary scary thing um when you think about it of of, of people growing up with this technology as well um and we're just finding you know now after using technology for a while that there's ways and means of you know communicating with people and it's not always the best communication that people go for so yeah. absolutely which is uh very sad it's funny uh i'm not going to mention the thing i said that show we're not going to mention again but one of the things i loved about that was the ability that i could jump over to twitter where actually most of the people i follow on twitter uh will talk about tech things and it was a lovely bubble away from everything else that was going on and uh i, I know there is plenty of horrendous stuff that goes on, on twitter but i tend to avoid people like that and uh, it's quite a nice happy bubble to get to which uh, can be a little dangerous at times disappearing to a bubble but uh, it's nice to keep good people around you yeah and uh, so yeah without shying away from it as well making sure that you do try and argue with people and try and get them to think a little bit more but i know people like a good argument so yeah if, if you are interested in that speak speak to uh, Salma the the White Panther we'll put in the show notes or um, drop one of us a note and I'm sure we can uh, put links to that as well so uh, I, I think it'd be great to get more voices put out there and, and uh, get a movement going there we will move on to weightier subjects uh, now uh, with Microsoft Teams high fidelity audio music mode so uh, yeah a slight change of uh, uh, tone on that one but uh, some interesting news. This was Tom Arbuthnot. Uh, and every time I say his name out loud as one of those ones, I realise I hope I'm pronouncing that right. 
Um, but he's uh, put a post on something that he's really excited about. And I'll be honest, so am I. And I think many podcasters will be um, because there's going to be a high fidelity audio mode for uh, Microsoft Teams. Um, you may not notice this if you're in Teams day in, day out, but it actually clips the frequency that, that goes on. So even if you have a big Ponzi mic like uh, some of us have, uh, you're not really getting the benefit of it when it comes to Teams and, and using it in there. Uh, what's it talks about here? Uh, currently, Teams supports up to 32 kilohertz sampling rate, uh, 128 kilobits per second, which I'm sure mm. some of you are getting very exciting about those numbers. But it, I, I think it's a few interesting things here. It just means you'll get that better quality through um that will come that you know as it says here there are even digital stethoscopes that could come through so really there are some real really good reasons why you want to use this uh, as well and for those who love the more techie side i, I know there's the satin codec uh, they've had a little bit about uh, and if you do get excited about codecs and how they bring things together there's a lot um around how they manage to still compress that and get the performance so i know there there's was a, a big there evolution was a around that, that. There was a blog post on that that we talked about uh, that went into great detail about this new new codec as well. So I was thinking exactly the same thing as you were talking through it. That oh, wonder if this is using the new one that we uh, we talked about. Uh, it's don't know if that's confirmed or not, but it would make sense too, right? Um, I think this is for mm. me more of a okay. Teams is not just a business collaboration tool, which is kind of mm. sometimes how we talk about it you know, using live performances for music and things. So that's a completely different use case. <laughs> I think the I think the other thing about it is I think we've talked about it in the past that, you know, that the quality of teams means that our brains have to actually do more to actually process the sound and the, the intonations mm. and yeah. voices. Maybe this will actually reduce some of that teams fatigue as well, make it actually easier to to hear people. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean that and that might be that might be quite a significant benefit for those of us who are unlucky enough to be on Teams meetings most of the day, every day. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, surely yes. Al is a consultant that talks about employee experience. You you obviously encourage people not to do that. Are you saying oh. that you don't preach what you pra uh, practice, what you preach? Oh, I, I do. It's those people who see <laughs> they, it's those people who see focus time and go, oh, he's reserved that time for me to put meetings in. <laughs> that's that's the challenge. But no, I Hi, mean, Charlie, if you're listening at all. <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely, I mean, I think that's one of the things that, you know, we've all found over the, the time that we've been locked down where we have depended on these technologies. Yes, we have mics, we have different headphones and things. But actually, the quality, the higher the quality, the easier it will be for us. I love the way you both went quality headphones, as I noticed you're both wearing your free uh, Apple iPhone ones. Well, they're not free. Surface pods, Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into that conversation now. It's because I've been on the phone all night, Teams meetings all day. That's what it is. I, I'm wondering that with, with the ability to maybe do live music performances, who's going to be the first band to do a, you know, a live concert over teams uh that would be interesting that'd be an interesting marketing sway funny it was the windows 95 yeah the windows 95 anniversary and all the music that was in windows 95 i wonder if they're gonna get the rolling stones back it's gonna say rolling stones performing over teams yeah, yeah. i'm literally now looking at uh you're Go distracted, aren't you? I can tell. <laughs> I can tell by the, I think the Go team. There we go. That would that would be a great one to start it. Oh uh, yeah. 
Team Evo. No, I, I haven't heard of that. There is a band called Team. Yeah, Start Me Up really wouldn't go with this, would it? <laughs> the Leeds United Team. No, no, we don't want that. Oh, no. Um, yeah, no, that, that would be that's quite a lot of marketing. I'd, I'd sell that idea to Microsoft if I were you, Gary. Idea first. Yeah. <laughs> um, other teams news uh, again highly exciting stuff is that Salesforce. Well, actually, I, I think this is quite exciting because I, I genuinely quite like it when the Microsoft stuff's got that integration with other um, providers. I think I can't remember we talked about that. Was something there was an integration with some Oracle things, and here it's Salesforce. So bringing your Salesforce data there using the Salesforce app into Teams. So really being able to surface um, your accounts, which I, I think is a really nice way you can sort of talk about that. I think it's kind of intriguing that Salesforce has been announced before any similar dynamics one, uh, which is, and, and maybe someone's going to correct me that there is something for dynamics, but I haven't haven't seen any. But certainly that ability to kind of have a tab with your different services and be able to see that it definitely feels like something Dynamics should have and should be available now. Mm. But I don't think I've seen thinking about it. Just no, now sure. you mention it, I can't can't think that i've seen it either but i mean i think this is it though isn't it you you want the tools to be surfaced whether uh, salesforce have de- developed this with microsoft and you know brought it to market quickly you know that might be an option but mm-hmm. i think it'll make a big difference for a lot of organizations who have you know have bought into salesforce for you know the services that it provides and the microsoft 365 platform for the services that it provides great step forward yeah no, I think it's really useful. I worked with Salesforce at a previous job. And the other one, I, I might put this in the show notes as well, actually. Uh, if you want to play around with this, uh, you can actually get a developer Salesforce tenant. Uh, one, of, one of the things in my backlog is was to look at how we can integrate sales data into Microsoft Search. So this kind of jumped ahead of that. But you can get a free developer tenant. I think if you go to developer.salesforce.com. Uh, now, I, caveat, I haven't tried it with this app to whether there's any limitations to that, but uh, definitely something worth uh, having a play with. And if, if you do, let us know. We'd love to hear. I think it's it's good that it's a, another big, you know, platform that, that's coming into Teams. Um, and, you know, yeah. the story that we always talked about of collaborating, whether you're using you know, your different line of business systems within Teams, I think it, it's that kind of killer app kind of that teams is needed almost go oh, yeah actually this makes our lives so much easier that we're just hooked into teams and actually we'll start bringing other things in because you know we've we've uh, committed to using salesforce in in teams and we see the value um so it'd be mm. interesting to see see what that pushes um in the future as well i think it, it to me it's a natural thing you often talk about clients talking about projects and things and a lot of that will be in your CRM system. So surfacing in there, <coughs> come on, dynamics, catch up. Um, but I think it's a nice, sorry, Al, were you going to? Um, I'm looking for something. I'm sure I saw something of interest and relevance. Carry on. You're <laughs> <laughs> you saving that for the next podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, possibly. Um, <laughs> I think the interesting thing, you're right, Gary, about bringing those other systems in. I think one place where that's happening nicely is uh, Viva at the moment. And there's lots of Lots of things happening there, which brings us neatly onto the next subject, which is uh, a few updates around Viva Topics. Um, one of my favourite uh, systems. Very excited when we get to use that. A few tweaks to the original user, uh, sorry, to the user experience. So 
previously you could only have related sites now they've brought in the, that same curated functionality of having pinned sites and then the ai suggested one so i think that'll be a, a nice change to come through as well uh, the other one i loved um you kind of think ah it's just small ui tweaks but accessibility improvements it is always good to see these um, being added into products and being shouted about as well so uh could see they they uh, made it work better for users who need to magnify the screen, basically, which I've, I've been, in fact, talking about accessibility. I've had issues with my knee and I've been working from my sitting room for the last few days uh, and plugs the computer into the, the big TV. So suddenly trying to see what scales up and it's it's kind of interesting to find what does and what doesn't. Uh, actually, I've got a Mac question about that uh, for you, Gary, at some point. But um, it, it was interesting because I've got to scale a lot of things up and have it on the big screen. But then when people shared their screen in Teams, that didn't scale. Uh, and suddenly I had to kind of hobble over and look a bit closer to, to the TV. Um, and it, it's it's always interesting to see this. And it's quite useful to try those different things out to see the experience that others have on there as well. So I would uh, definitely agree that accessibility improvements are good. Yeah, scale, scaling is always one of those things, isn't it? That it's so easy to test it out, and immediately if you use different devices, you can test it out really easily. But it, I mean, it's great to see accessibility everywhere. You know, it's every aspect of everything that that Microsoft are doing. But it's it's thinking of those edge cases as well that you possibly wouldn't think about. So sharing your screen, great. But what if that person hasn't scaled their screen? What what happens then? Can you can you deal with that? So it's it, that's and again you know going back to the first topic this is where diversity is important because you get those different perspectives as you're creating things uh, as well it's accessible by default right that's, yep. yeah that's yeah, the way exactly. things are, are going it should be anyway yeah yep. um so they the rest of that post there was a couple of ones on the roadmap one interesting one which i'm starting to see land in some tenants and uh, i really like this as well is building topics into your um profile card so you can now see ask me about and it's changed that to update topics and you can see you can add different things on there and if you click on that link so searching for microsoft 365 little bit of a fudge and I'm hoping they change this at some point because uh, it basically takes you into Microsoft search at the moment thankfully if it is a topic then it will appear as one of those topic cards uh, on there and you can link across to that uh, topic card itself uh, and if Chris is listening don't worry I have updated your uh, role within there um, but you can you can see you can see that link into different things uh, as well so uh, a, a small change but I what I like is where they start to integrate the Viva stuff into into other things as well and, and see it surfaced. And to me, that is, I was talking about this with a client today, it's one of the benefits of Microsoft 365 is having that embedded embedded experience across so many different things. That's that's where it really works and brings you value. I think one, one other nice thing, and I don't know whether they're going to start doing this more widely, but that updates for Viva Topics for it was June 2021, wasn't it? So it was end of end of June. But then they've actually got all the roadmap items in that are coming up, um, which is really nice just to say, well, actually, this is what we've done and this is what's next. I think that, that's quite dangerous because everyone's going to go back to it. You said back here, that's what the roadmap says then. Look what it says now. And, that kind of thing. and that's why they've like always that. avoided doing it in the past, yeah. isn't it? To, to manage mm -hmm. the expectations and not make those commitments. But it's quite interesting to see so many items in there. Whereas you say they can go back and go, you said, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is brave, and I, I hope they're they're sticking to that. And uh, 
yeah be interesting to see on that one i, I think the other thing that microsoft always does is licensee lights and costs always go up but uh, they are absolutely bucking the trend at the moment because uh, power apps licensing is what's it being halved basically um so this is the the power apps per user plan and the per app plan uh, having gone from the sort of standard price of $40 per user per month is now $20 per user per month. Now, I, I don't want to downplay this. It is quite a lot of money, but for the value you get, if you're building multiple apps per user, is a huge amount of value. So um, going all in, you will get a lot of value for that, uh, and certainly for half the price you were before. But these are the retail price, prices, right, as well. So these are the, you know, if you're going yep. through a reseller chances are you're going to get it lower than that um as well so yeah possibly that's... for anyone gets too excited yeah, yeah. But yeah there's, there's good chances yeah. of that. um but you know there's always deals that could be made uh, i'm sure but actually this seeing is the bonus we're talking about here so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's such a decrease like completely in half um you know that is that is quite a reduction but they had had the offer in place, hadn't they? Yeah, but which it was had, a temporary offer, and they effectively just made it permanent. So yeah. with that means they about, sort of saw a big growth from that, and a lot of people saying, yeah, well, we'll try it out, but we'll stop if we don't. Um, but I think it's good. And I think we've all, we've all been around the Power Platform long enough to know that those awkward conversations when you're speaking to clients always ended up at the, sorry, how much is this going to cost? You know, much more so than, than other products and i think that is because the value was always it was always less tangible to a lot of clients to actually see what they were going to get and how much they were going to save and it always felt like a big bill but actually you know we know it never really was that that big in the first place but this Mm. will make that conversation an awful lot easier i mean i've already spoken to a client and they've got oh yeah it's just been reduced hasn't it yeah it's halved it's what it's yeah. what <laughs> so nice on that story. though they've also removed the minimum purchase cap so the previous offer had a minimum purchase of five thousand licenses that no longer applies with this oh. new deal that's a good spot as well yeah i was, I was also noting that there is still the offer so you can even mm. do it until september for three dollars per user per month uh, for the per app or twelve dollars per user for the yeah, uh, and that still has the minimum purchase of five thousand yeah. by the look of things so, yeah because this this uh, change doesn't go there. doesn't kick into the first of october yeah yeah uh, but yeah everyone <laughs> i can see gary we did we forgot to say at the beginning so gary's been away on holiday in the deep deepest depths of the southwest so it hasn't actually seen any of this news at all so that some of this is quite new to gary as well it it, it definitely is yeah i deleted <laughs> The majority of apps from my phone for this holiday i was like i'm not listening to anything so uh, so some of this is pretty new <laughs> i can see by the smile on your face for those listening that uh, this announcement is obviously ticking a few boxes oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well wh- while we're there cheering up gary you you did mention there was one news you uh, picked up on and that was the oh, yeah. uh, github copilot uh, so do, do you want to tell people if they haven't seen what github copilot is then yeah so well i'd like to say this is probably magic more than anything else don't know how (laughs) this is this actually happens but um there's been like we we've gone through kind of intellisense right you know instead of using text uh text pad or um notepad 
and you don't get any any feedback on the code that you write in you get to visual studio and all of a sudden you start typing away and you get a list of classes and you know creating objects and it helps you code it helps you be more productive and then there was IntelliCode that appeared not so long back, actually, where it kind of predicted, oh, well, actually, based on the code that you've just written, chances are you're going to use this particular method based on the, the code that, that you're writing. Now, this is... Maybe for devs. It, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is... It, one thing, this is really cool, right? But as a dev, you kind of look at it and go, in, yeah, this is kind of doing my job now. Because it's actually going to write the code. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, and from what I've seen is people have been able to write a function and write the name, put in the um, the parameters, and basically uh, it will, uh, well, the, uh, the uh, co-pilot will look at code that has already been written and basically say, here's the function that's going to do what you want um and you know, kev's showing on the screen now an example of, of of this function it just basically writes itself um yeah i've seen this people using this live as well and it, it really is incredible of people working with iot things of like you know uh, i think um like how open how do you open a door uh, with some iot library and it basically said this is the code of how to write this and it just put it in there um how and i think it's it i i, I love this the sort of story of where it's come to it's basically mm. they're looking at all the code in github which is publicly available there it's got which language it is so it's identifying that so it knows what language you're writing knows the kind of thing and recognizes bits there and, and fills in the gap so it's it's using that kind of reams of content that's out there so it's not necessarily intelligent if people have written done things the wrong way millions of times boom they're going to repeat that so um on you could so say you know you if you search for something and you're going oh i need to know how to do this and you find it on google or bing or any other yeah. search engine that's available you're, you're <laughs> going to you're going to try and validate it aren't you surely you're not going to just copy it into code and then say uh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. you would you <clears throat> would never do that would you no, so how, so. how much validation do you think you need to do for for this to kind of go is that actually what i want because I, I know one of the samples it's got a, a link to a url and it's kind of like oh is that is that the url i want to use so how, how much validation do you think you're going to have to actually do on on some of this code or do you think it's going to be smart enough to kind of give you say well actually look there's a token here that you need to put in here I, I think there's always going to be things in this that you need to validate exactly the same as if you're using Stack Overflow and copying and pasting things. So you're always going to have to have a look at it. But if you think of the number of things when you're developing, there's probably one clever bit in it. Or other, so many other things around it are just boilerplate type code, like declaring your variables and doing this and naming them. If it can take that amount of time away, fantastic. Uh, I think all for it. You know, if you think about a class uh within your bit of code a kind of single part of code there's going to be one new thing in there a lot of it you just want to replicate from other things anyway and it's going to make that process a lot easier you should and i you know one of the ways i was going to take this conversation is is this going to get rid of developers hell no 
it's going to make those developers more productive. I, yeah. I genuinely think that's true. I don't think this is about getting rid of them because this isn't going to architect things. It's not going to pull it's your different see. classes together. It's just in the way that Visual Studio makes things faster. VS Code has made things faster. It's the evolution of that, not replacement, before any people get any ideas. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all these tools, like I said at the beginning, it's like, oh, my God, it's writing code for me you know my days are numbered is we've probably had this so many times in the past and that's never really happened i mean i remember using resharper in uh, visual studio for yeah, the yeah. time and just thinking oh my god like this is this is great it's but it's down to productivity right your, and then your machine yeah. crashed because it ran out of memory so. <laughs> yeah but it, it's getting you to you know your end goal quicker but actually in a way that is to best practice as well mm. So it's, yeah, all, yeah. it's it's validating the code that you've got in there. So, you know, where you're saying you're bringing this code into your um, your projects, you should already have systems in place that are checking for, you know, um, doing static analysis of, of, of your code, you know, uh, having uh, things like StyleCop in there, making sure that, you know, you're adhering to some set rules. Did, did I just go back in time there? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. You went back way back yeah. in time there, didn't you? But it's it's those things, right? You you've got other things in a project that are helping you keep that quality yeah. high, and so it just complements it. So this this is the time saving technique that allows developers to do what developers should be doing, which is actually working out how to solve a problem, not how to uh, write all the syntax correctly. <laughs> Sorry, I think men drinking coffee. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I've we should. <laughs> We, we should um, not proper developer anymore. Um, I think we should balance this off um, with the fact that uh, that there have been some teething problems. I, I saw either today or yesterday someone used it and it pulled back a bit of code that had someone's uh, token in there. Um, uh, sorry, uh, API key within there. Now, someone shouldn't be leaving their API key within the uh, the GitHub code. And that's obviously a, an, an issue in itself. But it will surface that and i think that's where this doesn't replace developers this makes them faster and, and will improve over time as well i'm sure we'll, as those things get identified i'm sure it will learn because people check in their code back to github and sort of see more and more of the the correct things and it'll pull out the wrong things but it's it's not going to be perfect and has to be treated like that as well i, I can't I wait for someone to, to make a Visual Studio Code plugin of Clippy saying it looks like you're writing a SharePoint framework web part. <laughs> Do you like to add some properties? There you go. Write it for you. <laughs> so I think it's great. I, and go back to the issues. I think Al, you talked about this as you know search issues whatever first thing you do go and search for salary and see if people have uh, made that uh, not hidden and not set permissions. It's the same with this. There are always surface those issues because um, the issue is there and you should fix the issues, not but, block it. Yeah, but there are already scans that you can do on your code to make sure you don't have keys and things in there anyway. And so if people are, if it's coming back with that kind of information, that kind of illustrates a different a different issue, not necessarily one to do with, with Copilot. Absolutely. So moving on slightly, there was another news article that came through that was an interesting one and related developers about a brand new mystery product called InfiniDash, um, which lots of people tweeted. And, and it was funny because I, I saw it and I was like, hmm, handle that when I was to the AWS site, couldn't find it, dug a bit more. And there were people talking about it being related to Bitcoin and um, things like that. Others were talking about JSON things. And I was like, 
these all seem completely different things. This is either huge or really odd, and someone's got very confused. Uh, but I very quickly found a link, uh, which it seems to have gone now. I can't find, because uh, I'm sure it used to be infinidash.com. Uh, it's a completely made up product. Someone decided to make it up because they were fed up of marketers and job recruiters talking about products with complete BS around it. Uh, so I decided to make one off and it, it kind of took off a little bit as a as a joke. And I, I don't think he intended it to be uh, it to go as big as it did. But uh, I think it was a great idea of uh, just seeing things go. And I saw videos around it. it was one of my favorite ones. It had the, the video here, which I'll put up for those who are watching uh, of someone explaining Infinidash with a bubble machine. Turn the noise off. Uh, explaining uh, Infinidash with a bubble machine he found in a cupboard in his cat. Uh, and things on there and talking about macro containers and things like that and it's initially I read it and I, I found it very funny I, I liked what they're going in the I, I love when sort of social media jumps on a bandwagon and pulls things in different directions but as with all things it then seemed to flip back a little bit to uh, well actually for those who who don't feel they're always in touch with all the stuff uh, this is a little bit harsh this is kind of mocking people who who don't keep up with the latest technology as well and uh, it, it definitely made me think i think there's two sides to it it's one it's one of those things though isn't it that you there is staying at the bleeding edge of technology I, I, on top of sorry everything. for those sorry for those not watching the video i'm going to turn off the video stream background because i can tell al and uh, gary are both being distracted by pictures of cats it, and it was uh, the bubbles it was the the little pieces of paper being put into what looked like a whale and the fact that they're talking about <laughs> containers and I'm thinking that looks like a docker whale. It's, yeah, mind gone. <laughs> Sorry, Al, you were saying. I was, I was saying that people stay on the bleeding edge. They stay up to date with every single new language that comes out, product that comes out. We've known for a long time that's not possible to stay on top of everything. And I think, yeah, as a as a spoof, it kind of illustrates a point that, you know, you're always going to have some people who are trying. Um, but also it illustrates that, that you don't have to always be at the bleeding edge. You can you can be, you know, just at the cutting edge rather than bleeding edge. And you do have to validate things and make sure they are the yeah, right things. Absolutely. Um, and I think so, that, yeah. that to me was the important message that should come across. I don't think they were trying to mock people. Uh, unless you don't validate things yourself. They were trying to mock people who just kind of take things for granted and join that bandwagon and start talking about it. So uh, uh, entertaining uh, and let's, let's take it as that and ignore the rest as well. Um, I realise uh, it possibly related to that, uh, although probably not at all. Uh, one thing I missed when I was going to talk about with the Viva stuff, uh, there's a few articles going around uh, with this phrase, but the great resignation is here, uh, and this is how employers should prepare. So, it, I, I saw this on the BBC News as well, but uh, this is the original article uh, I saw from the Fast Company, and just kind of seeing that the number of people that are resigning at the moment, I think across uh, many industries, I think the IT industry has hit quite a lot, and I. I think people are seeing it as the one thing that they can control and, and change from there. And people are seeing opportunities. I think some organisations are going back to the office and people are going, no, no, I don't want to do that. And looking for other opportunities where they can stick from home. Uh, and I think it's, as the phrase in here says, it's the perfect storm. Just so many things coming together, people being fed up. 
little things probably getting on top of everyone, people being forced to do things they didn't want to do, and there's opportunities out there. So uh, interesting times, I think it's fair to say. Both going very quiet. I'll, I'll seem to flash on that line, which is yeah, I, I'm no, not going to draw you into this too much. Don't worry. But <laughs> Teams Teams uh, just had a glitch, according to uh, Teams on Windows 11. It had a glitch and has just restarted. So I'm sure what you were saying was very interesting, and I smile and nod. <laughs> I thought you were just like I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Um, but no, I, I think it's interesting and. Uh, you know, it's funny with all this stuff from Microsoft talking about employee experience and all the things they've got going on with Viva and the the work lab sites. Uh, if you, you haven't seen that, Microsoft.com slash work lab, so many bits of evidence. And it, it it's just kind of all these things that have built up and they've been saying is suddenly hitting true. People are seeing that that bit of freedom and trying to take some of it and, and move from there. And uh, it will be interesting. We, we know we all love change and uh it, it's going to cause change whether you're moving or staying i think uh, people are going to be impacted by it so uh probably probably a message if you're out there and uh being impacted by people in a company saying there's a lot of people moving yeah it's happening a lot of places it's not just you yeah i think it's there's so many different variables that are they're causing this you know i think one thing is the whole world has gone through such a, a huge change uh, in such a short period of time, people who have been in a particular industry for a period of time have maybe thought, you know, what, I'm just going to do something completely different. Like, you know, just drop being someone in IT and, uh, you know, go and do something on a farm. You know, it, it can be just just quickly. I'm smirking there because I've got the Monty Python music in my head. So <laughs> I've now imagine this giant foot coming down somewhere. But, but I think a lot of a lot of people, like you say, it's been really stressful um, in in loads of different countries around the world, and and you know people are looking for things that are, are different now. I think I think the vast majority of, of cases, people's circumstances have changed, but it's yeah. changed much faster than they would have previously anticipated, and I think that's probably driving it uh, uh, as well uh, i think um but yeah hey, it's going to be interesting big changes ahead more changes more <laughs> it's the only changes. constant <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh talking of change uh, i think that's the the end of the news but uh, we always have our little section on ego posts and events uh, and i finally finally got around to updating my blog engine so i can blog and uh, we talked at the beginning of the show about the one uh, telling other men not to be dickheads but uh, i also had a more conventional post around accessibility in sharepoint wake welcome to the immersive reader so uh, we'll put that in the show notes if people haven't seen the immersive reader for sharepoint a uh, fantastic tool uh, it's got into most of my demos recently when i talk about sharepoint because uh, i think it just highlights the importance of accessibility and the um the capabilities you've got there and why comic sans is important because it is easy to read so uh who knew there was actually a benefit to comic sans um we have a few events coming up uh al you've got another meetup you're you're carrying on going through the summer are you we are we have a backlog of speakers uh so yeah we're carrying on through the summer so uh, after a very successful session a couple of weeks ago in a couple of weeks we have another session where we've got chris horde about uh teams recordings um so meeting recordings 
And we have Dwayne Natick about how to manage policy and compliance in Azure Security Center. And that's coming up on the uh, what, 28th of July. I'm just so, thinking Cubs will have finished. I can come along to those. You can come that? along so, to one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we've got that one and we've got some very special guests that we're trying to just confirm for August as well. So don't go on I, holiday. Sorry, I told you I'm on holiday. I can't do it, Al. You have to, have to make it <laughs> September. Uh, so yeah. you've got me treat. I am genuine on holiday then. Damn. Uh, I have to ask you after two days. Um, and Al, you're also speaking at the India Cloud Security Summit. So is this this is like a conference, not just about Microsoft stuff. Absolutely. And it's got there's a lot of Microsoft speakers, a lot of uh, okay. <laughs> a lot of people that we've actually had on the uh, security and compliance user group as well, actually. But uh, yeah, it should be really interesting. Some really good speakers. I'm sure some of you all recognize some of them. Um, and yeah, it should be good. New, new photo as well. Yeah, but it's been it's been delayed a few times due to the situation over there. So uh, yeah, it should be should be a very interesting uh, set of sessions. Very nice. Uh, and then the other uh, regular ones, we have the this South Coast Comet at, at Summit. Sorry, so not regular ones, but ones we've been mentioning for a while. But there still is registration open. And in fact, if you are a speaker, the uh, speak, um, call for speakers is open till end of July. So uh, still time to get your sessions in for that. <clears throat> but only got only 95 days to go until that's uh, I'll start prepping a few more things around that now I think about it. Uh, so that'll be uh, South Coast Summit, 15th, 16th October, Aegeus Ball in Southampton, and will be face to face. That has been confirmed now, uh, at least until things go out of control this summer. But uh, don't tell Aaron I said that. <laughs> um, and the other one which uh, will be face to face is the Commsverse, um, which is 15th and 16th of September. Uh, down in, oh, what's the name of the place? I've suddenly gone. It's Mercedes Benz World, and I forgot what the place is, but just uh, south of London. Uh, and they, if you haven't seen them, they had the Tech Community uh, Awards recently, and we did mention we were up for Best Community Podcast. Sadly, we didn't win, but uh, big congratulations to the, uh, the team at um, 0365A. Uh, Canadian podcast uh, on there, which uh, I have started listening to. It's very good. So uh, worthy winners, definitely. But they didn't give the order. So I'd like to think we're second, even if it was joint second uh, from that one. But thank you for all those who, who did vote for us on that. Um, I think that's it. And there's something of anything else, Al, Gary wanted to cover? No. Fantastic. So uh, we will wrap up for this week and we will be talking in part two, uh, a little bit of a retrospective on uh, modern work uh, after the great pandemic. So uh, we thought we'd we'd get retro and a little bit spective on that one. So uh, come join us for that. Otherwise, have a great week. Speak to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.